Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. We are continuing on in our series called Finding Freedom. And uh, we've kind of based it off this scripture in John chapter 8, verse 36, where Jesus said, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And um, that phrase, make you free, means to liberate, to deliver, to rescue. And it's a New Testament word that is used exclusively by Jesus about setting people free from bondage. Right? The things that, that they're enslaved to, this enslaving power of the kingdom of darkness. And um, we've, we've learned over the last several weeks that we as believers can be in bondage. That we allow the enemy, we have these open doors that we allow the enemy to come into. And the next thing you know, we are enslaved. We are um, you know, trapped. We're influenced by these, these spirits that are not of God. But it's these open doors in our life. And um, our, our thing is, is that we need to learn how to close the doors, right? And a lot of this, of what we're doing, is just identifying to you what exactly are those doors? What are exactly are those things that you sometimes open yourself up to that you don't necessarily recognize that that could be an open door, but that you do. And then once that open door is there, it gives an invitation for the enemy to come in and begin to interact in your life to the point where all of a sudden now you're in bondage to this area. And you're like, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep experiencing this? Why is this part of my life when I know that's not what God has for me. I know God has so much more. And then, you know, we have to fight all this, the, the struggle of, of what that is and, and how, to, how to get through it. So we're just trying to kind of walk through. And it's, it's a long kind of process that we're walking through because we're getting so many things that we're going to talk about that uh, helps us to understand how we need to live our best life in Christ, but we need to close some doors in our life. So last week, we started off with this scripture. It's 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. And this is what it says. It says, for all that is in the world. Now, this, this, he's talking about what we're experiencing here. It says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. Recognize that. That is not of the Father. So when we are identifying those things or when we begin to see those things, we have to recognize, okay, that's not part of God's plan. That's not part of God's will for our lives. That's not who God wants, how God wants us to operate in our lives. It says, but it is not of the Father, but of the world, right? And you remember in Romans chapter 12, it talks about don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That means don't, you don't look like the world. You don't act like the world, but you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. That sets you apart. So that, you know what, you are actually being a light in, in the darkness. And so, last week we talked about, right, the lust of the eye and how that plays out in greed, unbelief, and fear. And so, if you missed, the, missed it, you know, get the podcast, look on the, uh, the YouTube channel uh, for our TKK Campus uh, edition of it. But today we're going to talk about overcoming the spirit of lust, okay? The spirit of lust, because the lust of the flesh is a major door 
that, that, that the enemy uses to enter into our life. Now, in the Bible, the word flesh refers to our sinful impulses and our carnal cravings. You could say that flesh basically has its own mind. It has its own desires. Right? It can cost you your morality. It can, it, it can cost you many things, which we're going we're gonna to see here. But this lust of the flesh can take many forms, right? It could be lust of the flesh when it comes to sexual lust. It, lust of the flesh can come in adultery. It can come in drugs. It can come in alcoholism. It can come in food. All kinds of things that we have to recognize that, you know what? If the Lord, as we're, we're walking through this process today, if the Lord begins to shine a light, if the Holy Spirit begins to shine a light in an area of your life, Right? We're going we're gonna to take a certain pathway, but I, I'll, I'll tell you about it in a minute. But if the Lord begins to shine a light in an area of your life, then that's an area of your life that you've got to shut a door to. Right? I mean, that's just practical. As believers, we, we have to be submitted. We have to be yielded to the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life to the point where we're recognizing it. And even if it hurts sometimes, we got we to gotta shut the door. Right? We got to follow the voice. Of the, of the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to understand that there's, this, there's all kinds of ideas as far as this lust of the flesh. It's this craving. I got to have it. It's just, it's, it's there. I, I, I need it so badly. Okay. So understand again, right, that the lust of the flesh has its own mind and its own desires. And it will go to work and enslave us to sin if we don't grab a hold of it, if we don't close the door to it, okay? And it will even, as we'll find out in Scripture, it'll even cost you your life. That's some pretty, pretty serious stuff when you think about it. So the title of our message today is Fighting for Your life, fighting for your life. So let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to be here. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you will help us understand that we're fighting for our life, that we don't need to give in to the lust of our flesh, but that we would be led by you, the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen. All right. So now turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter seven. Okay. Proverbs chapter seven, and we're going to walk through um, this, this path, pathway that describes the spirit of lust and how the spirit of lust operates. Um, now, this, this pathway, you'll, you'll see, really leans itself or, 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 or opens a, um, kind of the, the, the camera lens or the, the light to a spirit of, of sexual lust, okay? Now, don't, don't all of a sudden go, well, wait a minute, I don't got a problem with that. So I'm going to tune it out because really when I, when you look at this portion of scripture, some of the other things that I talked about that could be the spirit of, of lust, you, you can find it in the same thing. It operates the same way. Okay. So if it's, you know, it might be drugs, it could be um, an addiction somehow. It could be alcoholism. It could be food. It could be a host of other things. So when we're walking through it, we're kind of focusing on this sexual lust because we want to kind of talk about how that comes in. But don't let what I'm talking about keep you from understanding what the Holy Spirit would say to you if you've got an issue. 
with, with this spirit of, of, of lust, okay? So, one of the things we got to realize is this is really a, a thing that our world deals with um, a lot. It's in our culture today, right? I don't know if you heard the controversy about the Grammys, but man, you know what? They had some kind of th- scene on there about some music video, and it was like just out of the pit of hell. And, but that's, that's the way of our world. That's the way of our culture. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's healthy. It's great. You know, and it's like, you can't even have Dr. Seuss. You know, you can't even read Dr. Seuss anymore. Or you can't watch Looney Tunes anymore because of whatever. It's, it's, it's backwards. It's all just like crazy. And so we have to understand that we as Christians are not immune to this. Okay? Because we see it all around. And, you know, we've heard that scripture that God is not a respecter of persons. But we have to realize, too, that the enemy is not a respecter of persons either. Okay? He's not. He's looking for whomever he may devour. But see, again, we can put ourselves in a place that we're not devourable. We have that ability. So it's not something where it's just like, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, we're just sitting ducks for the enemy to come and attack us. No, we can take our rightful stance in the Lord. Right? We can put on our whole armor of God to stand against the, the, the tactics of the enemy. But see, we have to put ourselves in that position. But see, what happens is, you know what? When we open a door, he'll come in. He'll ensnare you. He'll, he'll, he'll come in and bring bondage into your life. And then ultimately, the goal, like I said, is that he wants to really bring destruction to your life. That's why, you know, Jesus said that he, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy the believer's life. He doesn't want you to prosper. He doesn't want you to walk in the fullness of what God wants you to, to be, who he wants you to be. He doesn't want you to walk in the fullness of joy of, of this thing. So, so today, let's look at it, this pathway, right, through the eyes of Solomon. Now, Solomon's the one who's writing this. And Solomon took a look at this, and he wrote it down. And actually, he was kind of, now this wasn't creepy, but he was just looking through his window. And he, he, he's watching as this, this takes place. So Proverbs chapter 1, verse, uh, I'm sorry, 7, verse 1. And man, we're going to go all the way through 27 chapters. Okay, so here he goes. It says, my son, remember this is Solomon writing. He said, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Now, I want you to take it this way. Even though Solomon's writing it to his son, I want you to take it as though God's speaking to you right now. Okay? Because all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's for the reproof, right? It's for doctrine. It's for those things for us. So it says, my son or my daughter in the house today, it says, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live. And my law as the apple of your eye, bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablets of your heart, memorize them. Verse four, say to wisdom, you are my sister. All right. Or if you're a girl, say you are my brother, whatever it is. You are my sister and call and, and, and call understanding your nearest kin that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. Now, when he says the word of God will keep you from the immoral woman, I just don't want you to think immoral woman. I want you to think about the lust, the, flat, the lust of the flesh. 
Okay, so when you hear a moral woman, yes, you can think, okay, this is talking about a, a lady. But at the same time, you have to understand, he's also talking about this spirit of lust. Because the spirit of lust is, 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 is driving this lady. Okay, you with me on that? Okay, so then it says, for at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice. I always like, you know, your head kind of go, ooh, creeper. You know, what, what's he doing looking through the window? Anyways, okay, verse 7. And saw among the simple, I perceived among the use a young man devoid of understanding. Now, before we go any farther, same principle. The word of God is going to help you, even if it has nothing to do with a seductress woman, right? Or a seducing woman. He's going to help you with, in any of your uh, uh, things that your flesh tries to control over you. The word of God will. Okay, so I, I want you to just keep that in the forefront because I don't know what every one of us deals with, but I'm sure at some time, at some point in your life, an issue of the lust of the flesh has come up. Okay, so let's keep going. So he says, I perceived among the use, the use a young man devoid of understanding. So he's saying this young man is already trapped in the spirit, in this, the spirit of lust. Because what happens is the spirit actually robs you of wisdom and understanding. You become foolish when you're trapped in this spirit of lust. Okay? So he purposely goes, this is the thing, he purposely goes to the wrong place. He's, he, it's almost like he's, he's on a mission. We'll see this. He's on this mission. He's on the wrong pathway. It says passing along the street near her corner. And you look at any addictions, anything that you may be dealing with when it comes to your flesh, whatever that is, you might think, man, man, the Lord wants, this is an example. The Lord wants me to stop smoking cigarettes. I know he does, but I can't give it up. My flesh just burns and aches for it. And I can't, I can't give it up, right? So picture the guy choosing to go in this direction Picture a guy who's got, you know, or somebody that's dealing with that issue and, and going to the um, supermarket and, you know, standing right in front of the, the cigarette thing and looking and going, oh, no, I really shouldn't. I really shouldn't. Oh, well, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just this. So, because your flesh is kind of drawing you to it. It's like, you know, having, you know, saying, hey, I, I'm going to not drink alcohol anymore. And then you end up going to the bar. Right? You're just putting yourself in a position that you're not supposed to be in. Okay? So here's this guy. He says, he's passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house. So he took it on his own. He decided, man, I'm going to, if you got an issue, maybe with food, maybe you just, man, man, you're, you just love food, but you know that you're not, you know, supposed to consume as much as you do. Right? So you just don't go to McDonald's. Or you don't just go somewhere and man, just, you know, I'll have that. I'll have that. You know, my wife's always telling me portion control, portion control, right? Because man, I like food. Who doesn't like food, right? Who doesn't like Mexican food and tacos, right? Can I get an amen to that, right? So, I mean, but she's always on me about, and she's right because I got a portion control issue. Um, but, but see, that's the thing. So here, sometimes we got to understand that, you know what? We, we sometimes take the path way to that thing that the Lord's dealing with us when it comes to the issue of our flesh. 
He doesn't want us to take that, but, he, but he's, he's observing this, right? Verse 9. So he does this in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. Now, if you were a movie critic, you, this is not talking about Batman, okay? Remember that, that show? Anyways. Okay. So the spirit of lust will take such a hold of you, right, that it will actually begin to cause you to begin to plan, to begin to strategize. To begin to think about when, where, and how I can be there to fulfill my heart's desire. My heart's lust for, for whatever that is. I said it, it could be anything. I, I, I told you guys this before. But, you know, in my high school days, um, a little later, like senior year and then a little bit beyond, um, you know, and then in college, not in Bible college, but this is when I was just lost and trying to avoid God altogether. But man, I had such a desire for alcohol on the weekends. I, I, I didn't drink during the week. But man, on the weekends, you can guarantee, man, I'm going to find a party with my friends and we're going to, or we're going to go clubbing or we're going to do something. But man, there was something that triggered in me by Friday was like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And then Saturday would come and it's like, yeah, this is great. You know, and then Sunday would come and I'd go to church with my mom and dad and repent and, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have drank that much. It was terrible. But see, there was something about that I opened a door to where I created this, this spirit to come in. And man, it was like clockwork. Friday afternoon, boom, it just happened. All of a sudden, it started craving, couldn't wait. Oh, this is going to be great. And so what happens is we sometimes get ourselves into these, these, these situations that we don't recognize. And you, man, you can open that up to so many different things. Okay, not just alcohol, not just a woman or whatever, adultery. It's so many different things that if you know that God doesn't want you to enter into it, doesn't want you to fulfill that lust of your flesh because you know it's wrong, then that's when you got to close the door and recognize, oh my gosh, I am, I'm a slave to this thing. I'm in bondage to this thing. And see, that's the, the cool thing about it because he wants you to break free of it. He wants you to break free. So that's what this guy does. Okay, he, he, he's at the wrong place, right? Because the spirit of lust has kind of taken him there, right? But he doesn't recognize it as being in the wrong place. He thinks he's in the right place in that moment. So let's see what happens. Verse 10. And there a woman met him with the uh, attire of a harlot and a, a crafty heart. So she's dressed seductively, right? She's crafty. It's kind of the same word we use for Satan. He's crafty. Um, she was loud and rebellious, not that she was loud and rebellious, but the spirit of lust that's in her was, was, was driving her to those things. Her feet would not stay at home. Verse 12, at times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner, kind of lying in wait, right? And those things that the, that, the, that the Lord would talk to you about when it comes to a spirit of lust, those things are lurking in the corners of your life. Just waiting. Waiting for that opportunity for you to drop your guard. Waiting for that opportunity for you to just kind of like, uh, well, I'll just walk down the path. No problem. You know, um, talking with people and, and some of the stuff that they go through, you trace it back to just them walking back into it so easily. So just like nonchalantly, like, oh yeah, I, I thought I had enough strength. I thought I had enough to be able to hold back. When they didn't. They weren't there yet. And so next thing you know, they get right back into the very things that had them in bondage. 
I've seen it over and over and over again. So it says here, at times uh, in the open square, lurking in every corner, verse 13, so she caught him and kissed him. Okay, now one of the things about the spirit of lust is kind of this, that sometimes it's a shock, right? You, you don't think you're in, intentionally going that direction. But a lot of times what it'll do, it'll produce a shock in you. Um, it kind of, so she catches him off guard. She kisses him kind of like a surprise, even though in some ways, you know, looking at it, he's the one that went down the road anyways, but she, she kisses him. And I think what happens is, and this is at least in my thinking, is we get in trouble when we stop becoming shocked about the lust of the flesh or about things that we know are not godly. We, we, we just stop being shocked, right? Well, you can watch movies, you can watch TV, you can get on the internet. You got all of these things at our um, disposal, even when you're at work. You got all these things that could happen. And a lot of times we're not even shocked by them anymore. Thinking, oh my gosh, I can't watch that. Or, oh my gosh, I can't listen to that. Oh my gosh, I need to step up for that person. Um, and, and what we do is we just kind of retreat and think, well, eh. But see, we, or, or, or maybe, other, maybe let me correct that for a second. Or we just stay in it, right? Or we just stay in it. Sometimes, you know, you, you, I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but, you know, you can walk into a movie and you look and let's just say it's R-rated or whatever. And you walk into this R-rated movie and you're thinking, okay, well, you know, it might just have some cuss words in it. Okay. But then all of a sudden, man, you get these pictures that are not just that. They're like way more than that. So do you just sit and go, okay, it'll pass in a minute. You know, oh, Lord, close my eyes. I'm closing my eyes. I'm closing my eyes. Or do you say, man, you know what? Why did I pay that much money and walk out? But see, when we stay, a lot of times, man, that means then we're opening our hearts. We're opening our, 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 our door to the enemy to come in. And, and you think, well, man, it was just a one-time shot. Not a big deal, Pastor Scott. Well, one-time shots, a lot of times the enemy use that one-time shot, right? He, he, he's really good at reminding you of your one-time shot right? And so he'll bring that picture back up or he'll bring that situation back up to you and say, oh yeah, you remember that? Oh, it's just that one time shot. See, it didn't do any harm to you. It did nothing to you. Oh, it's no big deal. Yet, man, and God, God's like, no, I, I, I don't want you to go down that one time shot. I don't, I don't want you to entertain that. I don't even want you thinking about that. And so we've got to be able to close the door. Now let's see, let's see what else happens. Okay. It says, with an impudent, now I'm going to butcher this name, impudent, I'm going to say it wrong. Thank you. Impudent face, right? Basically, that's like kind of a, a cocky face. Like, you know, I'm just kind of boldness she's got. She said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. So she kind of with this, this kind of, you know, cockiness, kind of like, uh, uh, she, she says, I went to church today. I paid my tithe. I gave my offering. And I got these peace offerings from the temple. So after we sin, we can give these peace offerings to God together. See, she, she's, she's twisting. She's, she, it's manipulative, right? 
So here, 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 here's the lie of the enemy, right? Ah, uh, don't worry about it. You can repent after. Yeah, just, just give in to the lust of the flesh, whatever that is. Just, just go ahead and do it. And then, oh, don't worry about it. You can, you can just repent after. But is that God's original heart for you? No. The Bible says, you know what? Do we keep sinning because grace abounds? No. We, we've got to stop that open door. We've got to stop sinning, giving in to those things in our life. Not just because, oh, well, I got saved and now I have grace in my life. And, oh, it's just one time. And, oh, you know, I'll just keep. Yeah, there is a built-in system, right? The Lord said, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. But I don't think he's talking necessarily about blatant sin. Like you're giving into it. Like, you, you know, I'm just going to go do it. Now, I'm not God. Praise the Lord for that. But you know what? God judges the heart. God's the one that knows. But see, we don't want to put ourselves, we shouldn't be putting ourselves in a position to willfully sin. We should be putting ourselves in a, in a position to willfully live in righteousness. Right? Yeah. Okay? So, there's this, 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 this deception that's happening. And so it says, I, I, I came out to, to meet you. Okay, this, this is, again, the Spirit will pursue you. Diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. I, I don't know whether this lady really knew him or not, but it doesn't matter. Lust will pursue you. It, it just will. And I, found, and I found you, verse 16. I have spread my bed with tapestry, uh, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us uh, take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. Okay, so like I said, this is talking about kind of this, this, this sexual pathway, this, this sin of sexual pathway. But also along the lines, you see how it, they've got it all figured out and all worked out. It's a beautiful picture. Right? Whatever, whatever it is that maybe you have in your life that, man, you, that the Lord would deal with you regarding the, your flesh and how much your flesh controls a certain situation, every single time when that thing's going to pop up, it's going to look inviting. It's going to be all prepared. It's going to look great. It's going to, you know, because like right here, she says, man, I, I prepared the bed. I got cinnamon spices all over the place. You know, I got aloes, myrrh, all this stuff. It's just awesome. Yeah, there might be an addiction in our flesh that comes along and says, hey, look at this. It's going to be awesome. And you're like, you got, then you got to make the choice. Am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? You know, and then so this says, hey, you know what? Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, right? If it's an addiction of some sort, if it's, it's even food. Oh, just eat to your heart's content. Oh, yeah, sure, you get a stomachache. Oh, yeah, sure this. Sure, you'll gain weight and lots of calories. And man, next thing you know, you're 385 pounds. Not that that's bad, just saying, okay? But, but, it, but it's all enticing, right? It just entices you. It just wants to make it look so, so good. And here's the thing about lust. It will masquerade itself as love, right? It will masquerade itself as love. Love is not a one-night stand or sex out of marriage. It's not. Love is a lifetime commitment. It's a lifetime commitment. Love is from heaven. Lust is from hell. 
We have to remember that. Verse 19 says, for my husband, so now this is, it, it's again, preparation. For my husband is not home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and he will come home on the appointed day. So basically what she's saying in this spirit will say, hey, you won't get caught. You won't get caught. Don't, 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 don't worry about it. So the spirit is working through this woman, right? The spirit is working through a circumstance or a situation and say, hey, you know what? What's the big deal? It's not a big deal if you drink more than you're supposed to. It's not a big deal if you take this medicine more than you're supposed to. It's not a big deal if you do this. No one's going to know. No one, you're not, you're not going to get caught. But see, here's the deal. Somebody's watching all the time when it comes to this, this struggle with our flesh. Somebody's watching all the time. And if you think that no one's watching, right? If you don't think God's not watching, then you really have come to the height of deception. You're deceived. If you think you can get away with it, right? Because that's what the Spirit of us said. There's no circumstances. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Verse 21. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Verse 22. Immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Now listen to verse 23. Till an arrow struck his liver as a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost his life. Now, think about this. In the law, the penalty for adultery was um, death in the law. And so here you got Solomon, who is a godly king. And check this out. Many, many... Bible theologians think that Solomon sent for this man and woman and he executed them because they broke the law. That's what some of the theologians, that's what that means when it says he did not know that it would cost his life. Now, that could possibly physically happen to us. But the thing we need to recognize is that it spiritually happens to us, right? Because we might say, well, yeah, if I give into this fleshly desire, this fleshly want, this fleshly thing, then you know what? I'm not going to die. Watch, I'll be here next Sunday. And you will. It's like, hey, or maybe something happens, okay? But the thing we don't understand is the more we give into our flesh, the more our spirit dies, more our passion for the Lord dies. More of our spiritual hunger for the things of God dies. The more we give in to these fleshly desires, the more that begins to, to lower on your meter, the spiritual meter. To the point where at some point you might even in your life say, man, I am so dry. I am so just, uh, man, I'm in the wilderness with God. Well, let's look at it. Why, why is that? Why are you there? 
And you might be able to trace it back to maybe, maybe fulfilling the lust of your flesh, right? Um, you know, sometimes I look at it. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm not a morning person at all. Okay. And, and so I'm a night person. I, I kind of deal better at night. Uh, although I think my wife's changing that in me a little bit, but, um, but man, sometimes my flesh wants to sleep in. It doesn't want to get up in the morning and seek God's face. It says, no, just a little more sleep. Come on. You need it. Man, do you need it? Oh, look, man, you got, oh, you got your knee hurts today. Oh, you can't get up out of bed and, and worship the Lord and, and read. You can't do, see, but that's my flesh. And so what the flesh wants to do is it wants to steer me away from my relationship with God. Every single time. And so would I say that I have maybe an addiction to my flesh when it comes to sleep? Yeah, I think that's an area that the Lord would have to talk to me about. And I, I, I won't run from it. I'll raise my hand. Because I, you know, and for me, I just feel like I function better more at night. But that doesn't give me an excuse to not get up and to not spend time with them before I, I face my day. Man, I'm giving you a lot of information here, aren't I? We have to understand that we, we just got to get ourselves in this position. Uh, verse 24. And now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for she has uh, cast down many wounded. Okay? And all who were slain by her were strong men. Think about that. People who said, nah, I, no, I can conquer this. I, I'm good. Nah, yeah, it doesn't even, but you know what? Because our heart is open to the little things. You know, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. That's what the scripture says. Meaning it's the little things sometimes that we allow ourselves to give our life into that all of a sudden starts to spoil the vine. Next thing you know, man, you're getting spoiled. Your, your, your heart is getting spoiled. It's no longer this passion like we talked about. It says that, uh, verse 27, her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. So if you choose to persist in whatever this fleshly desire, this lifestyle is, you're just opening yourself up to destruction. You're opening yourself up to a pathway that is not what God has in mind for you. You know, and what we need to do is we need to stop. We need to repent, right? We need to get our heart right. We need to close the door as soon as possible so that we can break free from this. Now, I read that story and now we're gonna, I'm just going to give you three very quick uh, words that go along with um, this, this story. We're going to cover a lot of scripture. Um, but three words to describe the spirit of lust. And then I'm going to give you the very last fourth point. And the very last fourth point is how to get free from all this. Okay? So the first one is desire. Last week we learned that lust actually means desire. And the word lust in the Greek is a compound word. And it means a desire, a strong desire, an intense craving, a passionate longing. Now, at the root of it, which is something I didn't discuss uh, last week or share last week, at the root of it, it's a neutral word. Okay? What I mean by a neutral word, meaning it can apply to both a positive or a negative connotation. Okay? This word lust. So here's an example. Okay? Luke twenty-two fifteen. 15. 
It says, then he said to them, with fervent desire or fervent lust, this is Jesus talking. He said, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Okay. So that word desire can be translated to lust, right? But both you and I know that Jesus didn't have an evil, lustful bone in his body. Would you agree to that? Yeah, he didn't have that at all. But, so, but it gives you that idea that, you know what? It can be a positive thing. Jesus desired. He had such a longing to be with the disciples. And they, they used that word. So the idea of desire and lust is not all negative, right? And, and when you look at it from the, the, the standpoint of walking through Proverbs 7, um, you know, God gave you and I a good, healthy, natural desire for um, sexual relations inside of marriage, not outside of marriage, okay? When, when we do it outside of marriage, man, you're, you're on the wrong path. You're, you're, you're sinning, okay? But we're not supposed to fulfill our lustly desires by doing things that are not godly. Because we might have this strong, passionate desire to say, man, you know what? I love Jesus. I love him with a passion, with a, such a desire to do the things that God wants me to do. Okay? You can be on that track. I know people like that. That man are just so fired up and so wanting to do what, what Jesus wants them to do. That there's this, this strong passion and desire in them to serve him, to love him, to do what God wants to do. But what happens is it gets mixed up. It gets twisted when, when all of a sudden we get off that path and we start trying to fulfill what our heart or our lust desires. Or what, what we, we feel our, our flesh desires. And so it puts us in bondage. Let me give you a couple of scriptures for this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through and 17. He says, let me emphasize this. This is so key. The first, well, let me see, where is it? It says, as you yield. Okay, notice that's up to you. Paul's telling you, this is up to you. It's not up to him. It's not up to Jesus. It's not up to God. It says, as you yield freely and fully. To the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Man, that's good preaching by Paul, right? It says, for your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Man, those fleshly desires, those things, when you start pursuing those, man, it says right there, it offends the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you're a temple of the Holy Spirit if you're a Christian. He lives inside of you. And man, I can just sometimes, man, get get the disappointment that he just kind of, oh, he still loves you. He still wants to move in your life. But sometimes I think he's like, oh, Pastor Scott, you missed it. Man, I was so excited what we were going to do today. And you missed it because you wanted to sleep in longer. That's just for me. Okay, so. For yourself, uh, life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free from within you. So when you are offending the Holy Spirit, he can't live free in you. God's plan is for the Holy Spirit to live free in you. It says, and the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. Okay? 
where it says, and the Holy Spirit's intense cravings, intense desire. Intense, we'll put the word lust in there. The Holy Spirit is desiring. He's lusting after the fact that, you know what? I want to work so vividly, so much in your life that, you know what? To the point where all of a sudden now these intense cravings you have for yourself and your flesh, they no longer are even bothersome. You know, you can just dust them off the shoulder to say, nope, not today. And then he says, so then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. So in every single one of us, we've got these two things warring against each other. They're warring against each other. And see, we have to recognize that, you know what? We've got to put ourselves in this, this position, right? We have to yield to the Holy Spirit over yielding to our flesh. I can't, you, you just can't emphasize that enough. But, but see, he put it right out there at the very beginning. I, I, when he says, let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your flesh. So, recognize that. That's so important. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, verse 19. It says, I've used that familiar term. This is Paul talking. I've used that familiar term, terms of a servant and a master to compensate for your weaknesses to understand. So he's just trying to say, hey, so I'm I'm using some terms that you'll understand that maybe you don't understand me, although if I said it another way. That's all he's trying to say. For just as you surrendered your bodies and souls to the impurity and lawlessness, which only brought more lawlessness, right? So sin always leads to more sin. Basically what he's saying. Into your lives, so you brought it into your lives. So now, because you're a believer, now because you've got Christ in your life, you've got the Holy Spirit in your life, so now surrender yourself as servants of righteousness. A servant of righteousness doesn't follow the desires of the flesh. A servant of righteousness desires and follows the desires of the Holy Spirit. And you know the Holy Spirit always lines up with God, right? Always. Guaranteed. Okay? He says, servant of righteousness, which brings you deeper into true holiness. Here's another one. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. Now, this is scripture talking. This isn't Pastor Scott. This is scripture talking. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities or the things of the Spirit or doing what God wants you to do, pleasing God. Then it says, verse 6, for the sense and reason of the flesh, right? The carnal mind is death. But the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. Right? When you yield your life to the Holy Spirit. Let me give you one more. Romans 13, 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision, okay, or indulge yourself for the flesh to fulfill or satisfy its lusts. So the choice is up to you. Right? Just like we put on clothes every day, we get to choose, right, our clothes. 
right? Unless, you know, you go way back. I remember as kids, they had these things where um, I think they were called granimals and they would match the clothes up, cheetah with a cheetah or a monkey with a monkey. And so, you know, as a kid, if you had no fashion sense, you know, you, you, you rocked it because they had the fashion sense and they would tell you what it is. But see, you get to choose your clothes every single day, right? You get to choose what you put on. And it's the same process of putting on Christ in a daily mindset, right? Day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second, right? But we have to be determined to put him on. It's my simple mind sometimes. When it says put on Christ, I think, wow, I got to put him on like a coat. I got to put him on like, you know, like I'm putting clothes on. Every single day, every single minute, I've got to make that choice. And when we do that, it causes you and I to stop thinking about and indulging our flesh, which is basically called starving it. Got to starve the flesh sometimes. And when we do that, right? Oh, and if, or I'm sorry, if we don't do that, then the flesh will step in and it will tell us how to plan. It will tell us how to fulfill. It will tell us all the things that it, that it desires and that it wants. Because the flesh will be as active as we allow it to be. Your flesh will be as active as you allow it to be. So that means you got to put a stop to it. You got you to end it right there. Okay? But see, that's the cool thing about having the Holy Spirit in our life. That's why Paul was, was giving us these examples. He said, if you would just lean in to the Holy Spirit... If you would just lean into God's word and allow the Holy Spirit to direct you, talk to you, you know, um, you know, not bring condemnation, but convict you maybe of an area of your life. If you would allow him to do that and make the changes, then man, you know what? You're, you're living what God wants you to live. You'll fulfill what God wants you to be. You'll find joy beyond your expectation. But it's all right there. Let me give you the second one. Deception. Okay? Deception. Deception. Um, I'm going to skip over here. Pro, uh, let's see. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 20. Okay. One of the things about lust, it's a deceiver. Okay. It'll always want you, you'll always, you won't be satisfied. You'll always want more to it. Okay. And one of the things about that, that, that lust, it'll stain your soul. If you follow it, if you, you follow its leading and direction, it'll, it'll stain your soul and it will tarnish your reputation, reputation. And we had a whole nother big Proverbs verse to go through, Proverbs chapter 6. Um, and you can read that at home because of the time. But, you know, Proverbs 6, 23 through 31, or actually out through 33. But let me give you a couple other just real small scriptures that go along with this. But understand, you will never be satisfied by the spirit of lust. Never be satisfied by it. You will always be wanting more and always wanting to fulfill it more. Because you know what? With the spirit of lust, when you give into your flesh, it, it just, just desires more and more and more and more. It just wants more and more and more. Come on, give, give me more and more. You gave it to me once. Why not give it to me again? See, nothing happened. It should be good. Okay, let me give you these scriptures. Proverbs 27, 20. It says, hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. Habakkuk 2, verse 5. It's talking about an evil guy, evil man. It says, indeed, because he transgresses by wine, he is a proud man. And he does not stay at home. Adultery, right? Because he enlarges 
His desire. Now notice, it's a, he's, he's enlarging it because of what he's giving into, right? So it says, because he enlarges his desire as hell and he is like death and cannot be satisfied. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 28 says, you also played the harlot with the Assyrians. He's talking to Israel. Because you are insatiable or unsatisfiable. Indeed, you played the harlot with them and still were not satisfied. So lust has this way of giving you an empty promise. Lust will always give you the spirit of lust, the spirit of your flesh will always give you an empty promise. It'll always deceive you. It will always leave you unsatisfied. To the point where you know what? You can find yourself in, in, in a trap where all of a sudden you're down this road. And then what happens sometimes is, you know what? It talks about in, in the um, uh, Proverbs 6 thing where all of a sudden now it, 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 it marks you. It, it ruins your good name. It'll ruin your good name. We've seen that happen with lots of, uh, you know, uh, big time people, right? I'll just leave it right there. And you're like, oh my gosh, how, what, how did that happen? Well, open door. And now, and especially in this culture, I mean, man, it'll blow up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all out there. And, and man, it, you, if you fall into that trap, you could lose everything. There's destruction in that. Right? If you fall into the trap of adultery, guess what? You're now putting your marriage at the point of destruction. You're now putting your whole livelihood at the point of destruction. It's crazy. But see, that's where we can't give in to these things. Let me give you the third word. The third word is death. <clears throat> it, the, death, it describes lust. Death. James chapter uh, 1 verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. Okay? Let me read that again. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his what? His, his own desires. So it's putting the onus on that person and enticed. So, man, the bait is out there. And because you see the bait, you're giving in to the lust, right? It's like fishing. You guys know how much I hate fishing, but it's like fishing. You know, you drop the worm in there. The, the fish sees the worm. The fish goes, wow, dinner, right? And grabs a hold of it. Boom, you're hooked, right? The bait was set. So this, this is just trying to tell, tell us that, you know what? When you give in to this desire and you are enticed, the bait is set, and when it desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. Now, what does that mean, conceived? Okay? Because, you know, there, there's lots of times you can be tempted, but you can move, keep going forward. But see, when you give in to the lust of the flesh is the moment it's conceived. Right? It's the moment it's conceived, and then that's going to lead you to Sin. It gives birth to sin. Then it says, and sin when it's full grown. Okay? What that means is when you remain in it. Okay? When you remain in the sin, it brings forth death. Right? Now remember the guy in Proverbs, like he didn't know it was going to cost his life. 
Let me give you another scripture, Romans 8, 12, 13. It says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh. We don't owe the flesh anything. To live according to the flesh. Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Again, it might not be immediate physical death. If you remember Adam and Eve, God said, don't eat from the tree. Don't eat from this one because as soon as you do, you will die. Did they die right away? No. But you know what they di- how they died? They died spiritually. They died spiritually because now they're separated from God. Right? And then God, God goes and looks for them in the garden, you know, and they're hiding. Like, you know, he's like, hey, Adam, Eve, he already knew where they were. Right? But they're all hiding in the garden because of what they had done. But, but there was a separation that took place. And so we have to understand that when we, we start giving into some of this stuff to fulfill the lust of our flesh, man, there's a, like we said before, there's a spiritual separation where all of a sudden now the passion's gone. The desire's gone. Those things that, man, once we were on fire for, for the Lord is no longer there because we've allowed the door, we've allowed these openings to come in and the enemy to begin to, to guide us and direct us away from the path that God has for us. And so we've got to understand that we've got to put ourselves in, in a position of continually putting the Spirit of God first. And I'm just going to tell you, you know what? And if you're not, if you're, this is unfamiliar territory to you. Right? To follow the Spirit of God speaking to you. You're going to make mistakes at the beginning. But see, if you keep your heart right, and if you keep pursuing, all of a sudden you'll realize, man, I'm not making those mistakes anymore. I'm, I'm understanding when he says, uh-uh, don't you do that. Don't go there. Right? Or a scripture pops up and gives you some kind of, oh, man, that's the direction I need to go. So if it's new to you, I don't want you to go, I've tried it, but I didn't do very good at it. No, you keep going. Do I hit a home run every single time when it comes to that? Honestly, no. I, I mean, my percentage is, I think, pretty high. But there are times I miss it. And the Lord graciously brings me back and says, Scott, man, we got to do a better job on that. You didn't pay attention to me. You kind of went after what you wanted, your flesh wanted or whatever. So just understand that, you know what? Don't think this is something that, man, you can't achieve. You can achieve following the voice of the Holy Spirit. You can achieve following being led by the Spirit. Okay? And so how do we do this? How do we stay free? Okay, I'm going to give you this fourth one, and then we're going to close it up here in just a few minutes. Okay, the fourth is this, deliverance and discipleship. In order to get free, stay free from the lust of the flesh, we need to get deliverance and discipleship going in our lives, right? We need Jesus to supernaturally deliver us and cast out that spirit of lust that is holding us captive. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is identifying something in your life, then you know what? Take it to Jesus. Take it to the Lord and say, all right, I need to be released from this. I need for you to to cast this thing out. Um, Another thing is, is you know what? Because of what Jesus said that he gave us authority as believers, 
Go to someone that you trust. That's key. But go to someone that you trust and say, hey, I got an issue right here. And I need you to pray with me. And I need you to believe with me that, that Jesus wants to, to, to help me get rid of this, this spirit that's driving me. That's, that's causing me to fall into these areas of, of following my flesh more than what the spirit wants me to do. This is what a guy named Jack Hayford said. He said, you can't cast out the flesh and you can't disciple a demon. Think about that. You can't cast out the flesh. You can't disciple a demon. You know, and Jesus spent a third of his ministry casting out demons so that people could become disciples, didn't he? And so that, that's his heart. That's his desire. And so what we have to do is once we do that, then you know what? We, we need discipleship. Remember that, that portion of scripture in Matthew where it talked about how when, when, when a spirit is, is, is cast out, right? And the house is clean, the house is swept and left empty. It says then what happens is the spirit comes back and he finds it just perfect, but nothing else is in there. And what did it say? He'll bring seven more with him back. See, discipleship then is what you're going to begin to do to fill the house back up, right? You're going to start getting God's word inside of you. You're going to start fellowshipping with, you know, other believers. You're going to start growing and strengthening your relationship with Jesus. But see, that's why God has or, or, or wants us to do it in community. He never wants you to do Christianity alone. He's always called you to do it in community together. And so we've got to start filling ourselves up. Now, let me, let me show you this one passage of Scripture, and we're going to kind of end here. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 5, and it's going to show you how deliverance and discipleship work together. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 5, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, right? All of us walk in the flesh, because you're flesh, right? You're flesh and bone, Okay. It says, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Okay, they're not visible. But mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. That's talking about deliverance. Strongholds are these fortresses that the enemy builds in your life through words, through whatever it is, that all of a sudden causes you... Um, you know, the, the, these, these things that are, are not God way, God's way of thinking, right? There, there are things in your life that, man, you tend to just constantly go back to all the time that are not God's way of thinking. So he says, for the pulling down of strongholds, that's deliverance, and casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. How do you cast down an argument? When you know God's word. That's discipleship. Right? When you know what God says about you, when the enemy comes and he accuses you, he says, you're not this, you're not that, you, you don't match up, you don't do this, you're not, you're not, you're not there. Then you use the, the word of God and you basically come against that argument, right? You cast down that argument. You know, it, basically it's like, you know what? Um, I know enemy, you're trying to say this about me, but this is what God says about me. He says, I'm more than a conqueror. He says, man, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for me so that I might be a child of God 
that I might live in righteousness, become righteous. I'm not this dirty thing that you say I am. But see, that's discipleship. So it says, exalt yourself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. That's discipleship, right? That's taking God's word and saying, no, that's more important to me than what the enemy is saying to me right now. To the obedience of Christ. So we need both. We need deliverance and discipleship in our life. Revelation says this, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Okay, the blood of the lamb is deliverance. The word of our testimony is discipleship, right? It's by what we're saying, who Christ, what Christ has done in our life. But that's how we overcome the spirit of lust in our life. Man, we've got to be discipled. We've got to be disciples. We've got to have discipleship going in our life. Get, get a journal. Get into the Word. Get, allow God's Word. Meditate on it. Get it in there so that, you know what, your house is filled with, with Scripture and, and God's life so that when the enemy comes, man, that, that Scripture, boom, right? I mean, takes a Mike Tyson for all, us older people. Remember Mike Tyson? Man, a Mike Tyson punch. Man, I, man, I would have been out like crazy. But see, that, that's what the Word of God does. And so, if, if there's any area today that we've talked about or, or, or what the Holy Spirit's talking to you about, don't, don't be condemned, but be convicted. Okay? And what I mean by that is be convicted to the point where, you know, you recognize and realize, hey, I need some help. I got some areas in my life, and I, I need Jesus to, to help me overcome these areas of my flesh that I know are not what God has for me. And, and the cool thing is, is I always believe Jesus is in the house. And so if that's, that's you today and you want to get prayer, I'm, I'll be available to pray with you. Uh, or if you want to just come up to the altar and, and, and um, you know, spend some time with Jesus and talk. And then, you know what? Start, start trying to figure out ways. Hey, how, how, do, I, how do I get discipled? How, how do I disciple myself? How, how do I engage in this? And you can do that, you know, connect groups help, you know, getting together and, and being with other people. That helps. Um, you know, there's, there's other things you can journal. You can just kind of start growing in your, in your relationship. But I just want to encourage you that, you know what? You're overcomers and you have the ability to overcome your flesh. You, you absolutely 100% have that ability. And, and Jesus just wants you to know that, you know what, don't give into it because when you give into it, then you open a door and the enemy comes in and then you'll notice you're tied to it all of a sudden. And you're like, ha, how did that happen? Okay, but he doesn't want you to be tied to it anymore. He wants you to have freedom in your life. So uh, bow your heads for me for a minute. And I'm just going to pray a quick prayer and we'll end the service. But like I said, if you, if you need prayer or anything after service, I'll be up here. And, um, and yeah, let's just, Lord, Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for who you are. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the word that was taught. Holy Spirit, you know each one of us better than we know each other. Um, and so you speak, Holy Spirit. You talk to us. You show us where there's areas in our life that maybe our flesh rules and, and controls um, and where we've opened doors. And help us to get off the pathway. Just like that, that, that young man in Proverbs chapter 7. Help us to get off the pathway. 
Help us not to even enter into the pathway that leads to fulfilling our desires in our flesh. And so if there's those areas, then Holy Spirit, reveal it to us. Speak to us. We'll be open. Even if we've got, even throughout the week, we're open. And help us to recognize that we can be victors in this. We can live by the Spirit because that's what you desire. We thank you for it. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.